Welcome to Refall 2021. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Colossians 1, and we read from verse 1 to 8. Colossians, Colossians 1, 1 to 8. Colossians 1, 1 to 8. The Bible says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and the faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to the God, to, to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel which has come to you as it has also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. And you also learned from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the spirit. This morning, I want to, I I believe God wants me to, to bring a word to help us understand that in every realm, there is a currency for transaction. In every realm exists currency for transaction. Without laying hold on that currency, you may not be able to deal or acquire any form of value. And you must know the currency which is acceptable in every realm. So when you look at the natural realm geographically, you will better understand in my many, many travels, I have had to submit to the currency of each country that I go to. When I went to Argentina, I had to The only way I could deal and transact in Argentina is by having to acquire some Argentina pesos. When I was in India, for me to deal or transact or acquire any form of value or transact, I had to change my money into Indian rupees. It will interest you that in Chile, when I was in Brazil, they all spent pesos, but the pesos are different. The Argentinian peso is different from the Brazilian peso or the Chilean peso. When I'm in in Turkey or in Cyprus, I have to also acquire, you know what, the money, the currency of that world. I have to to acquire the Turkish lira. When I was in Dubai, the same thing. Every country I go, I have to submit to their currency. It doesn't matter how much I come in the currency of the, my base, it doesn't make any difference. I may have traveled with thousands of pounds or thousands of dollars. If I'm in a realm where that currency means nothing to them, I can't deal. I can't acquire anything. I can't transact. And that what applies to every sphere, every realm. You must understand the currency to deal. In the kingdom, there is also kingdom currency. That kingdom currency is what allows you to deal within the kingdom of God. That currency is what allows you to acquire anything of value in the kingdom of God. The reason why many people are in the kingdom and not benefiting from what the kingdom offers is because we have not come to understand the currency of the kingdom, the currency of faith, the currency of the spiritual realm. And so we must understand that when we are, when we are in the kingdom, we must learn how to make transactions in the kingdom. And in Colossians 1, we see Paul intentionally 
intentionally made reference to one of the currency in the kingdom of God if we are going to if we are going to deal in the kingdom, if we are going to transact in the kingdom, if we are going to acquire the benefits of the kingdom, we must understand because God is an intentional God. Therefore, as believers, we also must be intentional. Success, progress, increase is not accidental. There is nothing accidental in the kingdom of God. Success is intentional. Progress is intentional. Laying hold of everything available to us in Christ Jesus is only acquired or experienced with intentionality. So I would point your attention to some specific things that Paul, to a specific currency, one of the currency of the kingdom, that Paul intentionally made reference to, and I don't want you to miss it because I believe in the spiritual dispensation that we are right now. This currency is uh, of utmost importance. It's upon the acquisition of this currency that God will deal with us in the current state of things and what God wants to release to us. Please follow me. Because I want to lay a foundation here so that we can run as the Holy Spirit will lead us. Life only delivers the best to those who are intentional about having or being the best. You don't stumble on being the best. You don't stumble, you know what, or having the best. You must be intentional about being the best or having the best. Listen to this, accidental increase or accidental success cannot be sustained. Therefore, it won't last long. This is why as I mature in the things of the spirit, I'm daily refusing for anything to be handed to me on a platter of gold. Because you see, I'm, I'm growing more and more to refuse to think, to accommodate any form of thoughts that the things that are available to me in God will just happen to me by happenstance. It's not, that, that is not the kingdom way of thinking. God is an intentional God. So accidental success cannot be sustained. Therefore, if anything happens to you by accident, it will not last. It will not last. God is very intentional. Is not only methodical, but is intentional with what he does. This is why your, in, your intent must match, must align with the intent of God for us to come into the manifestation of what God has already preordained and preplanned for us. So in the above passage, Paul, through his letter to the Colossians, reveals a key currency and ingredients for increase that we must become more intentional with as we continue to seek kingdom advancement. Kingdom advancement is on the heart of God, has been on the heart of God, is on the heart of God, and will continue to be in the heart of God. So when you understand the heartbeat of God, it is easy to come in alignment with the heartbeat of God. And every day, the heartbeat of God is progress, is advancement, kingdom advancement. So if we are going to experience this advancement, we must understand what Paul is talking about here about the Christians in Colossae. Paul specifically addressed his letter to two categories of people. Please follow me. His letter was addressed to two specifically to two categories of people. The first category of people is the saints, the saints in Colossae, and the faithful in Colossae, the saints and the faithful. Let me read that again. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother. 
to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae. And if I still or if I still understand English, and means addition, and separates two elements. So Paul wasn't just writing his letter to one person, he was writing this letter to two categories of people in Colossae. One, the saints, and then the second category of people, those who are faithful in Christ. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Those who are faithful in Christ. And this is very important for us to understand. If this wasn't important, the Bible won't record it. If this wasn't important, the Bible would not record it. That's why we must always ask, us, uh, uh, ask the question in order to understand the intents of scriptures. When you are studying scriptures, you must ask questions to understand the intent of scripture, intent of the author, intent of the writer, intent in the heart of God, because God is an intentional God. So for God to highlight these two statements, this is very critical and there's something you and I must learn. And this is very critical. So Paul's letter shows that it wasn't a general letter to every Christian in what in what in Colossus. He knew it wasn't a general letter. But first to the Christians, first to the Christian in Colossus, it also shows that it wasn't just to all believers, but to the faithful ones amongst the saints. So there are Christians, but there are faithful Christians. There are believers and there are faithful believers in Christ. So Paul was addressing this letter to saints and those who are faithful. What am I saying this morning, people of God? Faithfulness is a major currency in the kingdom to transact with God, to acquire any of the benefits that we have in Christ you must understand the currency of faithfulness. And Paul begins to tell them, look at what Paul said. Look at what Paul said. Look at what Paul said. Paul said, verse 2, he says, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae, he says, grace and peace from our Father and Lord Jesus Christ to you. So you see, this grace, there is a dimension <laughs> of kingdom benefit that is only accorded to the faithful in Christ. See what it begins. He didn't just declare grace and peace. He said to the saints and to the faithful grace and peace. There is a dimension of grace, of anointing, of wisdom, of God that God is only revealing to the faithful. To the faithful God, like never before, is placing a demand on us now to remain faithful in that which is calling us to do. Oh, don't let me get ahead of myself. <laughs> so Paul said, this grace I'm about to release. Listen, <laughs> we read in the scripture. Let me help you understand this. Paul also was saying, when Paul was praying in 2 Corinthians, he says, may the God of all grace, may the God of all grace, all grace, all grace. When I read that, all grace, the Holy Spirit began to help me understand graces. There are graces. That's why, you know, we, we hear this funny saying, you know, you know we Nigerians, we, we, we like certain things. It sounds funny. But there are some truths in it. And so you must have heard, we may be age mates, but we are not grace mates. As much as, as much as it sounds cheesy, there is truth to it. Why? Because Peter said, grow in grace through the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there is grace. Now, let me show you again. John chapter 1, I think verse 13 and 14. It says, of the fullness of grace, we have received grace for grace. Which means grace is in measure. Which means grace can be quantified. 
every child of God has been dealt a measure of grace. But as we remain faithful, grace increases. Grace multiplies. Grace, that's what the Bible says in Luke 2.52, that Jesus increased in favor. Jesus increased in grace. And so this grace, Paul was talking to these people, that grace to you based on your faithfulness. God can deal more grace to you because of your faithfulness. And this is very critical for us to understand in this critical hour. That God is looking for faithful believers. So this shows us that, you see, there is a dimension of God that can only be encountered and experienced and entrusted with those who are faithful. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So it shows us this. The fruit, the fruit these guys bore was connected to their faithfulness. Which means faithfulness is a major key to fruitfulness. That's what Paul said. Of the fruit that abounds towards them. So their faithfulness was the key to their fruitfulness. If you and I will be fruitful according to the order of the the kingdom, it is not going to be by gimmicks or by schemes and manipulation, it will be by your consistency in God. I have learned that God honors faithfulness. This is a currency that is very scarce in the world that we are today, especially in Christendom, especially amongst Christians. This is why Paul specifically said, the faithful in the saint, the faithful saint in Christ. So it means it's not every saint that is faithful. It's not every Christian that God has found faithful. It's not every Christian that has been faithful where God wants you to be faithful. So God is challenging us at this time, even with the uncertainty, even with the shaking in the world, even with the disruption in the world, God said, remain faithful. Remain faithful where you are. Remain faithful with what God has connected. The only way you are going to be fruitful in the kingdom is by faithfulness. There is no other way. He says to the fruits that are bound to these people who are faithful saints in Christ Jesus. Oh, yes. So the truth is the truth that not every Christian is faithful. Is faithful. And lack of faithfulness disqualifies us for increase or hinders us from increasing because you see that the fruit continued to abound to these Christians. Why? Because of their faithfulness. Listen to this, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1. Ephesians 1, 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, again in Ephesus, Paul was writing to the Christians in Ephesus. But I want you to see the category of Christians he addressed this letter to in Ephesus. He says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ. Faithful in Christ. God is testing our faithfulness in this season. You must understand that you are not going to accidentally stumble on what God has laid up for believers in this time. God is putting each and every one of us to the test. God is testing our faithfulness. God is testing how committed we are, how dedicated we are, how loyal we are. These are the things that will separate Those that God will reveal divine mysteries to in this time. Those are the people that God will will grant the access and the privilege to operate with him in this current kingdom agenda that we are in. It requires a high level of faithfulness. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Look at Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6 verse 4. So the Bible says, so the governors and the satraps 
sought to find some charges, some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom. Concerning the kingdom. But they could not find no charge of fault because he was faithful. Nor was there any error of fault found in him. Are you, find, are you found wanting? The scripture says God will weigh us. And again, he will weigh us. Will you find you wanting in your faithfulness? They sought deliberately. The enemy is lurking around the corner. Looking to find fault in you and I. Looking to stand against what God wants to do. Oh, you may not know. You go and read the book of Zacharias. And see what the Bible says about the priest Joshua. When Joshua stood before the Lord, before the angel of the Lord, and before the presence of the Lord. The Bible says that Satan showed up. Have you ever questioned why would Satan have the audacity to show up in the presence of God where the priest of God was what was standing? But you don't need to ask the question for too long. Just read Zechariah chapter 3 and you realize the Bible says there was filth. The priest was found wanting. That gave access to the enemy to oppose him. That gave access to the enemy to stand in his way, to question the will of God, to question the plan of God, to question the anointing, to question the agenda of God as delivered to the, to the priest. But God rebuked Satan. But the only way God could rebuke Satan was to strip the priest off the filthy garments and put a cloth of righteousness on him and put a new turban on his head. Until then, Satan could not be dealt with because he had a right to be present because of the filthiness that was what that was uh, that was present in the life of what of the priest. Oh, I'm going to be sharing something with us before we leave before the end of my session here, that is critical about the kind of man God is looking onto in this time. So you see what I'm saying? That our faithfulness is very, very critical in this time. So they sought to find fault in Daniel, but they could not find any fault. Why? Because Daniel is recorded faithful. This is the reason why God can promote him within the kingdom. This is the reason why Daniel can be a light in a dark kingdom. This is the reason why God can, can reveal and trust mysteries, 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 mysteries unto Daniel. Why? Because we ought to be faithful in the kingdom. It's the currency. It's one of the most powerful currency to transact in the kingdom of God. Without faithfulness, we can't deal in the kingdom. Without faithfulness, we can't acquire anything of value. We can't transact in the kingdom of God without faithfulness. God has no business with an unfaithful man. Why do you think Paul kept addressing the faithful, the faithful, the faithful? That is, that is telling you and I something. God is paying attention to the faithful in this time and in this season. And it doesn't matter at what. It doesn't matter with who. What matters is your faithfulness. Look at faithfulness from Luke 16. Luke 16, verse 10. Look at what the Bible says about faithfulness. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, we will commit to your trust the true riches. And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, we will give to you what is yours. You see, every time you are faithful with another man, what you are telling God is, Lord, I qualify for mine. Some of us is saying, you know what? Oh, I'm going to do better when I have mine. It doesn't work that way. You will never have yours until you are faithful to another man's. How are you dealing with another man's property? How are you stewarding another man's vision? How are you stewarding another man's ministry? How are you stewarding another person's child? How are you stewarding, you know what, your, your boss's vision, your organizational goals? What are you stewarding? What belongs to others? Pia, you know what God said to me? God told me when he was teaching me about the power of faithfulness. God said to me that, listen, 
that you see faithfulness is only required at a little level. God does not require you to be faithful in much. He requires you to be faithful in little because if you are not faithful in little, you will never have much. Then I said, okay, God, does that mean that I have to always reduce what you give to me to be little so that I can be faithful in little? God said, no, P.I., listen to this. He said, no. He said, every promotion in my eye is still little. What you call a breakthrough right now is a little that God is requiring you to be faithful in that little. We are the ones that is quick to define where we are as something big. Oh, yes, I'm doing great. Oh, yes, we are exploding. Listen, that is still little before God. God said every promotion is little before me. Oh, my God. The Lord, is, the Bible says, the earth, the earth is the footstool of God. People of God, please let us think about that statement for a, for a while. The whole earth is the footstool of God. So what you call a big breakthrough is little before God. God requires faithfulness at every level because no matter the level you are, it's still little before God. And God is saying, he that is faithful in little, more will be committed into your hands. Advancement, progress, increase, enlargement, expansion, every form of progress in the kingdom is predicated on your ability to be faithful at all times. In good, in bad, in sickness, in health, in plenty, in penury, be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful. So when you are saying, God, bless me. God is saying, I have no problem. I have blessed you already. But the reason why you are not seeing the manifestation is that you have found, you have been found wanting in faithfulness. I weighed you. I weighed you. But I realize that you have been found faithful. In this, you have found a, a wanting. In what, my Lord? In faithfulness, in faithfulness, you have been found wanting. P.I., please listen to this. God said to me, being a man or a woman of faith doesn't make you faithful. Being a man or woman of faith, I know everybody, oh, I'm a man of faith. I'm a woman of faith. And yes, every child of God should be a man and woman of faith. But you see, faith and faithfulness are two different things. Because you are faith does not make you automatically faithful. So whilst you seek to be a man of faith or a woman of faith, can you also at least be a man or a woman that is faithful? Listen, faith is to rely on God. Huh? And faithfulness is God able to rely on you. Huh? So when you are faith, huh, you can rely. Huh? But when you are faithfulness, you are reliable. You are reliable. Can God rely on you? You can rely on God. You and I rely on God because of our faith. But can God rely on you? Do you think that God doesn't want to rely on you? We are the only ones to rely on God. Lord, I'm trusting you because you are faithful. Huh? I'm believing you. I know huh? my joy is coming because you are faithful. What about you? What about you? So you can be a woman of faith. How many men of faith are not faithful to their wives? How many women of faith are not faithful to their husband? So many men of faith who lack faithfulness. God cannot even trust them. God cannot even rely on them. God cannot even entrust them with revelation because God knows that you are not going to be faithful to steward the mystery that he has delivered to you and to me. So we are required to be men of faith. Thank God for our faith. How faithful are you to the work? How faithful are you to the end with what God, even when it's not bearing fruits? And you say you are a man of faith, you say you are a woman of faith, but you are lacking in faithfulness. You are lacking in faithfulness. So faith and faithfulness are two different things. Listen, faith is to depend, while faithfulness is to be dependable. Faith is to depend. Faithfulness is to be dependable. Can I depend on you? I know that you know how to depend. But when it's my time to depend on you, are you going to be found faithful? Are you dependable? Can I entrust a task in your hand and go to bed? 
Can your pastor entrust you? Can your leader entrust you? Can God depend on you that no matter what the cost is, you will carry out the assignment? No matter how much needs to come out from your pocket, God knows I can depend on you to get the job done. At all means, at all costs. Whatever it takes, you will get it done. Can God depend on you? You see, that's why God does not go look for the fancy. God does not go look for the mighty in faith, but is looking for those who are consistently dependable, men who are faithful. That's why he said, well done, well done, good and faithful servant. Woe to a generation that is seeking to hear, well done, good and powerful servant. God will never say, well done, good and powerful servant to any one of us. God is not impressed by how powerful you are. You are powerful. I am powerful. God is power. God is power. We are powerful. So how can you impress God with your powerfulness? You think you can impress God? I can impress God with 21 days of fasting? He has never eaten in his life. You try God 21 days without food or water. So we impress God with how powerful the fast was, how powerful the preaching was. But when God looks in your life, are you faithful? Are you dependable? Are you trustworthy? Oh, many years ago, 2007 to be precise, I was in a, in a room in London and I was praying. My wife had gone to work. I had just relocated from Nigeria. And I was praying to God to bless me. I was praying to God to bless me. And just to change my life. And that day I had a powerful vision I will never forget. I saw, to, I saw in a vision, I saw on my left, I saw kingdom prosperity. On my right, I saw kingdom assignment. And I said to the Lord, and I, I was beginning to in my spirit, like, what is this that you're showing me? And God said that many of my children are asking me to give them kingdom prosperity. Are asking me to give them. He said, but son, you will not ask me to give you kingdom prosperity because I have never given anybody kingdom prosperity. He said, I only entrust kingdom prosperity upon the faithfulness to kingdom responsibility. This is why the scripture says here, he said, we will commit to you the true riches to your trust, to your trust. That's why you can't just make anybody your trustee because trustee means they are trustworthy. You can depend on them to be faithful all the time. Oh, Pastor, Pastor Christine Jordan is here and she knows, she understands when I say you can't just appoint anybody to your trustee. Don't worry, that's an inside, inside information. But we, you and I know what we're talking about. Trustee must be trustworthy before you can entrust them with such position in the kingdom. So God told me, I don't give kingdom prosperity. That is the true riches. And I don't give true riches. I entrust true riches upon the satisfaction that you are faithful and you have become trustworthy to steward kingdom prosperity. And the only true test of stewardship is that are you rich unto God? Are you rich unto God? That's the truest test of stewardship. So what I'm talking about, P.I.C. Oh, my kid. God, you see, we are in the best days of the church because through riches, through riches have been, have been dispensed and distributed. But this distribution is upon what we are talking about this morning. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. To the end Whatever at whatever cost, at whatever cost. So don't brag about you can impress me. Oh, I'm a man of faith. Are you faithful? Because at the end of the day, look at what the Bible says. He said, And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, we will give to you what is yours. At the end of the day, it is faithfulness that will help you finish well here. And also secure a place for you in eternity. 
So what is there to envy about a man or a woman who is going to, who, who is not going to make eternity? What, what is enviable about such person that you will not make eternity? There's nothing enviable about such a person. And you will see what we, we you will see what Jesus said. Stewardship was an office commonly conferred on a slave as a re, as a reward for fidelity. Stewardship. Stewardship was an office commonly conferred on a slave as a reward for fidelity. What is, does that mean? It means faithfulness. When a slave is faithful, what the slave is rewarded with is stewardship. So you can't be a steward if your faithfulness has not been tested. Has not been tested. Has not been tested. Look at Matthew 25, Matthew 25 to 21. He said, his Lord said to him, listen to this, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. You see what I'm saying? You do well on this side of eternity and you also secure a place for yourself in that other eternity. This is what it means. This is the benefit of faithfulness. That God can make you ruler on earth and also God can welcome you into his eternity. Now you have lived life in full and this is as a result of faithfulness. So it is important that you understand that being faithful is to your advantage ultimately. In the immediate, it may seem that you are committed to what is not yours or something insignificant. But your faithfulness is what is saying to God, I am due for increase. I have, I have, I have, I have paid my dues for increase and you can now trust me with what is mine. Look at what Proverbs 28.20 20 says. Proverbs 28.20, a faithful man will abound with blessing. A faithful man will abound with blessing but he who is hastened to be rich will go on will not go unpunished be faithful where you are don't scheme yourself because you quickly want to arrive stay faithful people may not hear of you people may not know you people may not speak of you you may think you are not being heard stay faithful with whatever god has given to you part time Oh, I'm going somewhere this morning. I've not even started. I'm going somewhere. And I believe that the season that we are, the season that we are, God is requiring from you and I a very, a, 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 a more, a deeper level of faithfulness. A deeper level of faithfulness. Don't let anybody talk you out of what he has put in your hands. Don't let anybody talk you out of your level of faithfulness. Because it seems that you don't have much. Don't let anybody talk you out of it. Stay committed. I'm telling you, stay faithful. Stay faithful. Look at where PI is today. The first time I met PI, this is about 11 years ago. The first meeting that I ever did for PI. How many of us were in that meeting, in that retreat? I don't think we were up to 13 or 14. I don't think anybody even know PI. We were just small in this campground. And we had revival. We poured out. And I came from UK for that meeting. We poured out. We prayed. We poured. I mean, it was, it was a tsunami of Holy Ghost. But we stayed faithful. We stayed faithful. Look at where we are. Because of faithfulness. And we only just began. That's why we must remain faithful. Even at this level. We can't arrive too soon. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. Several opportunities will open up in this season, but only the faithful will be able to walk in it because faithfulness is the only key, is the only key, is the only key to fruitfulness. Proverbs 13, 17. Proverbs 13, 17. I'm speaking to somebody's spirit because God requires you to be faithful because God is about to move, but he must find you in position. God is about to show up, but you must find you in place. And where is that place? It's the place of faithfulness. 
it only checks in on faithfulness. And when you are not in position, it means you are not faithful to where God wants you to be. So Proverbs 13, 17 says, a wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a faithful ambassador brings health. A faithful ambassador. We are ambassadors of Christ, but are we faithful in our assignment? Are we faithful in our mission? Are we faithful in the in the in, in what God in the mandate of on the in the mandate of God on our lives? Are we faithful to the mandate? Are we faithful ambassadors? It's good we ask ourselves this question: Why do you think God placed premium demand on faithfulness? Why do you think that God placed premium demand on that? Why First Corinthians one nine tells us God is faithful by whom you were called into fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. This is why God will never excuse unfaithfulness because he is faithful. If God is faithful, if God is dependable, God requires you and I to also be faithful. Those of us who are his children, those of us who are of the household of faith, it, God requires, he places premium demand on our faithfulness. Because he is faithful. Why what does God want us to be faithful? Deuteronomy 9, 7, 9. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Therefore, know that, that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keeps his commandment. God is faithful to a thousand generations. If he is committed to your generation, why would not why won't we be committed to God? Why won't we be faithful to God? So this is why God places a premium demand on faithfulness. This is why God will not excuse any one of us from unfaithfulness. This is why God will never bypass our unfaithfulness to bless us. This is why God will never bypass our faithfulness to say anything to us. Faithfulness is required in the kingdom because God is faithful even to a thousand generations. Hallelujah. Psalm 37 verse 3, trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. How do you think you are surviving where you are if it's not for the faithfulness of God? How do you think you are still able to make progress where you are, in the land you are, in the city you are, if not for the faithfulness of, of God? He said you dwell in the land and you feed on the faithfulness of God. Do you think because you are, you are an expert? Do you think because you are innovative? Do you think because you are creative? Do you think because you have a tribe? Do you think because you've got connection? Do you think because you've got a product? Do you think because you've got a service? That's why you are making progress. No, it's because God is faithful in the land that you are. Allow God withdraw his faithfulness for one second. And let's ask ourselves the question, where would you be? If not for the faithfulness of God, if not that God is committed to his covenant, where would we be today? Where would we, where would we, where would the whole world be today? It's the faithfulness of God. Look at Lamentations 3. Lamentations 3, 22 to 23. Lamentations 3, 22 to 23. It says, through the Lord's mercy, we are not consumed because his compassion fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Through the Lord's mercy, we are not consumed because his compassion fails not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. This is the reason why God will never excuse any one of us from unfaithfulness. Because great is the faithfulness of God. Jesus said, as I am, so are you in the world. If God is faithful and we are his children, God wants us to be faithful. You need to begin to check, Lord, where have I been unfaithful? If you weigh me now, where would I be found, found, found wanting in the place of faithfulness? You have to be honest with yourself. I have to be honest with myself. I have to check myself and find areas of unfaithfulness so that I can turn to God. This is the reason for this month of Rifuel. I told you in the beginning, 
a season of refreshing is a season of truthfulness, honesty, to search out the dry areas and the empty areas of your life so that God can refill it. And so this, God, what God is saying to us this morning, to be truthful and look inward in the areas where we have not been faithful to the cause, faithful to what God has committed to us so that we can turn to the Lord in prayer, so that our heart can experience a shift and God can be merciful on us and God can supply grace so that we can what, return to business with a greater level of faithfulness so that we don't rob ourselves of fruitfulness. This morning, I don't have much to say. But let me quickly run you through areas that God, I believe, is demanding faithfulness in this time. The first place God is demanding faithfulness, we find that in the book of Numbers chapter 12. Numbers chapter 12. Numbers chapter 12 verse 7. He said, not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. Hebrews 3, 5. And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of the things which will be spoken afterwards. The first question is, where is the house that God has placed you? The word house means where God has positioned you to serve at this point. Where has God positioned you to serve? With whom God has positioned you to serve? Are you going to be found faithful in the house? Where is your house? Where has God positioned you to serve? With whom has God positioned you to serve? That is your house. It doesn't matter. Because God is great does not mean that the house he puts you in must be a big house. God just wants you to be faithful in any house. Look at what he says, in all the house. So both small, both medium, both big. Some of us only want to be found faithful in a mega church. Yes, let's go there. Some of us want to be posted abroad to be faithful. Some of us want to be posted to the island to be faithful. Some of us want to be faithful when we get to Europe, when we get to America. When we get to where we want to go, where are you faithful? In whose house are you faithful? Pastor Missy, when God commanded, when God instructed my wife and I to plant a church in London, oh, that was the, that was the most, I'm telling you, I, I, from day one, the Lord called me. I knew God had called me to, to the nations. Church was never part of our ministry vision. I had known that God did not call me to pastor a church. I knew God had called me to plant churches, to what to travel the nation, to equip leaders. I knew from day one, I was clear about it. But I was on a retreat when God said, I need you to plant a church. I was, I struggled with that, but hey, Lord, whatever you want me to do. We planted this church. We did everything we know how to do. Oh, what did I not do? What did I not do? Pastor, we said the church wasn't growing. As I stayed faithful to the church, in the course of pastoring that church, my apostolic assignment, God started trusting me with my apostolic assignment. I was pastoring a tiny church, yet I was traveling the nation. People knew me all over the world. But you see, it was so easy for me to say, oh, now, you know what? I'm traveling the nation. I'm flying country to country, cities to city. I don't need this small church. This church is not adding anything to me. It's not even giving me anything. In fact, it was like a thorn in my flesh. I remember when I would, as I would travel to the nations and God will do mighty things. I will see myself in massive meetings and God will do mighty things. And I'll be so quick to tell people and say, you know what? Oh, oh, we pastor a small church in London because based on what people would have seen, you know what? I was afraid they would say, man, you must have a massive ministry in, in London. And I'll be quick to say, no, we just pastor a small church in London. Oh, God dealt with me. But you know what I said? Well, what God helped me to do? My wife and I, we stayed faithful for over eight years. It was a burden. I did not receive a salary. It was such a burden on me. I said, Lord, you've called me to the nation. Why would I be pastoring this church eight and a half years in London? And this church wasn't adding anything to us. In fact, it was taking everything. 
Part of the reasons why we felt, even some of the things I was sharing with you yesterday, I wasn't receiving a salary. And God had called me. I, God only allowed me to work three years, three days, three years in, in employment. After that, God said, I want you to go full-time ministry. And we didn't receive a salary. My wife became, you know what, the one that was working and making sure. But it wasn't meeting the bills. Why? Because we were serving. And yet I was traveling the nation and it was so easy to close the church because now this is global apostle. I was experiencing growth. But yet I would come back after all the international apostle to a handful of people. To the point that we moved short into my living room and we were still faithful. Oh, we were betting songs, you see, in our living room. We were, we were encountering heaven, heavenly transaction with the faithfulness. One day, one of uh, my daughters in the church said that one of the things that make me, you know what, that you are my father forever is that we saw how God began to lift you. And you became a global voice. But yet you stayed faithful to this, to us in this church, even when we could not do anything that added anything to you. But what they didn't realize is that God was not calling me to build the church. God wanted me to have a church that would build me for the nations. And now I say, God, if I have to do it again, let's do it again. I would not be able to do what I'm doing today if I did not stay faithful to that church because my faithfulness allowed God to build the apostle in me that today the world celebrates. It took me from faithfulness, Pastor Emisi, from faithfulness to that small church, 30 countries, over 170 cities. God told me one day, he said, your faithfulness to this small church is the reason why you are not knocking on any door and you are traveling from nations to nation, finding myself, you know what, in communities and cultures that I'm wondering, how did I get myself here? How did I get myself here? But God said, the altar that is foiling this breakthrough is the altar of that small church. And because you are faithful to that small church, Oh, yes, I'm an apostle to the nation, but sometimes I'm in one of my members' house helping her to fix laptop because that is the job of a pastor. I'm an apostle to the nation helping her to go bring something down in the loft. That is the work of a pastor. I need them to be faithful as a shepherd. Oh, yes, oh, I have a story to tell you. Are you faithful in the house? It doesn't matter how the house looks. It doesn't matter the size of the house. Whatever house God has put you, how faithful are you to the house? Moses was faithful in all the house. Today I want to go to the nations. Pia, you know, the only apostolic mission I did for a number of years is Agoye. From London to Agoye. I wasn't even, I didn't even have anywhere to preach in Lagos. Not even Lagos. Not even Lagos. Agoye. I was traveling from London to Agawoye. That was my only apostolic mission. And I was apostle to the nation. I knew that I was an apostle to the nation. So it didn't matter whether the only place I could travel to was Agawoye. I stayed faithful to Agawoye. I stayed faithful to Agawoye. Preaching, traveling, financing my, my trip to Agawoye. God told me one day, if you cannot travel far for me, you cannot fly far for me. Eight hours from Agoweye, preached in what Jebi Summit Convention. I left Agoweye, 6.30 to go to, to go to Awapoli. On the road, took a bike for two hours from Ondo Junction to Owa to go and preach a message. And the bike man was telling me, sir, we will get to a place, pray that they won't kill us. But don't even bother praying that we won't meet armed robbers. On a bike, Marco Polo driving past me on the way to Abuja and myself and my spiritual son was on the bike. I was praying in the spirit because God said, embark on the journey. Go, go. It doesn't matter the house, remain faithful to the house. If it's this, this ministry, Intercession and Revival Academy, stay faithful to your job. If yours is to record attendance, stay faithful in the house. If yours is to post, stay faithful in the house. If you are part of Hope Center, stay faithful. Wherever you are, stay faithful in the house. 
the things I can get done with a phone call in countries today is unimaginable. But there were, that was not the case. That was not the case. That's not the case. I stayed faithful. I stayed faithful. Oh, when we pastored in London, Pastor Missy, I was so under the pressure. When people are coming to London, when people are seeing what God is doing with Apostle, and they're coming to London, they expect that, oh, Apostle, I want to come and preach to your church. Oh, ask my wife. It used to be a lot of headache because of that. if they come, ah, we are not more than 10. Ah, if they come, this Sunday we may, be, we may be five, we may be six. When we started Encounter UK Prayer, my wife and I, one day, we had done flyers and everything, and we were waiting for people to come. God had asked us to play. Oh, I will never forget that day. It was me, Busola, Joella, and little Israel. We were the only one in the prayer auditorium. And we had promoted flyer. And I told my wife that day, Lord, because we've been doing it. People have not been showing up, but we stayed faithful. I told Busola that day, I said, baby, I was crying. I said, I am tired. I said, baby, I am tired. I'm telling you, honest truth, I was crying. I told my baby on the altar, I said, I am tired. I am tired. One of the young men that I had invited to come and lead prayer for the youth was coming with his fiancée, but now his wife. And the moment we heard that somebody was coming, I quickly comported myself. I quickly cleaned my eyes. You know, I wanted to look, wanted to look the part. You know what? I just wanted to swallow up and just remain that posture. You see why I was saying that we have to be humble. And guess what? Oh, God humbled me that day. The young man came, sat down, and I said, Shola, come and lead prayer. He came on the altar, took the microphone. He prayed in the spirit a little bit. He looked to me, and they said, where shall I always smile? He looked at me and smiled and said, he said, apostle, he said, God said, I should tell you, don't be tired. Oh, you see, the tears I have held back, I just started wailing like a baby. How did this young man knew what I just told my wife, looking at only my wife and my two children, and nobody showed up for the event? Nobody. And he said, Apostle, God said to tell you, do not be tired. And I began to cry. I don't know who I'm speaking with this this morning. God is saying, do not be tired. Do not be tired. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. He that is faithful in little will be faithful with more. God can trust you with more if you can be faithful with little. Do not be tired. Do not be tired. Be faithful in the house. Whatever the house look like, as long as God has placed you in that house, remain faithful in the house. Today, you may see the same church that seems like I could not grow. The same church today are being given to me, submitted to me, but I, without doing anything. Today, I'm fathers of churches all over the world. Sons and daughters looking after me, taking care of us. Churches I didn't ask for. Churches I didn't plant. When the Bible says you would drink from wells, you did not dig. Do you think God is joking? God did not require me to build a church. God wanted to build me so that I can oversee churches. Not just one, but today in their growing numbers, pastors, leaders of ministry. I've become sons. Many years ago, God spoke to me through Pastor Fumilola Craig, my first time in her house. She said, let me tell you something, young man. He said, God said to tell you, though you are a son, but you will be a father to fathers. And I said, Lord, how shall these things be? And God said, did you not see Aquila and Priscilla? How they called Apollos aside and gave him understanding in the things of the spirit. He said, though you are a son, and today God has fulfilled his word and is fulfilling his word because I am now fathers over fathers of churches, fathers in the house, shepherds of the house. They are sons and daughters to me today. But God wanted me to be faithful with a small church a church that seems not to be growing. Everything I had to learn, my wife and I, to try and build this church is the very thing today that God has entrusted in our hands. You know what? To help all of these churches that are in our apostolic, under our apostolic network. 
The things I was learning, the things I was studying, the things I was I was inventing, the things I was I was experimenting. Little did I know that God was putting those things in me so that today I can be voice. I can be voice to leaders. I can be a direction for churches. I can be a direction for pastors. Are you faithful in the house? Are you faithful? For Samuel, for Samuel 2.35. Then I will rise. He said, I will. Then first Samuel 2 35. Then I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who shall do according to what is in my heart and in my mind. I will build him a sure house and he shall walk before me anointed forever. You see, God wants you to be faithful in your priesthood. What is your priesthood? Your calling. Listen, do not despise your calling, do not belittle your calling. Whatever God has called you to do, be faithful as a priest in your calling. A faithful priest is the one that will do all that is in the heart of God without minding what people think about you. He said, when you are faithful in your calling, he said, I will build you a sure house and you will walk before me anointed forever. Anointed forever. Anointed forever. Because you are faithful in your priesthood. Do not despise your calling. Listen, God, when God began to, when God began to transition me faithfully from, from, from my pastoral um, 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 ministry to my apostolic ministry, God said to me, he said, if you don't embrace your office, you cannot embrace the fullness of the grace. The fullness of the grace would not rest upon you until you embrace the totality of your priesthood. I said, God, after all the books I have read and the controversy around the apostolic ministry, I want the whole world to be saying, ah, it's him to now, it's now an apostle. Him to now, it's now an apostle. I said, Lord, no, I will do the work. I don't want the title. Ah, God said, aha, are you not the one? After so much study, encouraging other ministers to embrace their office so that the fullness of grace can rest on them. You don't want to embrace your office. Ah, God said no. God said no. And God said, embrace. Embrace your office. Embrace your office. So I said, okay, yes, Lord. Now, I'm apostle. Apostle Femi. Ah! I began to see how people were responding. You could tell some people like, okay, mm, pastor is not working now. He has become apostle, self-acclaimed apostle, uh, self-titled apostle. I was, it was a heavy burden to carry, but I remain faithful. And God, being true to his word, began to anoint me. And the word began to see the true fruit and mark of the apostleship on my life. And nobody could deny that anymore because now they have seen that, you know what, that, you know what, you know what? This is a true apostle to the nation. Praise God. Can somebody let me know if, you keep, if you're hearing me? My wife just texted me if something went wrong. Can you hear me? Somebody just let me know. Yeah. P.I., am I good? Okay. Praise God. Praise God. And, and now everybody, the whole world knows that this is a true apostle to the nation. Because the kind of fruit my apostolic ministry is bearing, you know that that cannot be by schemes or by gimmicks. This is the mark of a true apostle. So the same people that try to mock it, that try to laugh at it, the same people turned around and say, apostle, we need to tap into your apostolic grace. Can we receive you in our ministry? Can we host you in our nation? Can we come to our house? Can you sit with us? Can we sow into your life? Because of the true apostleship that they saw on my life. But I had to be faithful in my priesthood. So I know what God has called me to do. That's why there's, I can't be carried away. And God told me, part of your faithfulness to your priesthood is to learn everything you need to know about your office. Even till now, I'm still studying about the apostolic ministry. Never stop studying because God instructed me. He said, learn everything you need to know about your office. I will not have you ignorant about your office. So I can defend my apostleship. I can defend the ministry of the apostles. 
No matter the skepticism, no matter, you know, what, what people are saying about the prophetic or about the apostleship, I can defend my office because I'm not ignorant of what God has called me to do. Because part of being faithful to my priesthood is to know my office, is to know my office. Otherwise, not knowing your office denies you of the authority and the grace of your office. So when I, when I say certain things, I don't go back to check. Because I know the ordinance of this office. I know what is available to me within the parameters of this office. That's why I don't extend myself or overextend myself because I understand where God has placed me and I operate within from my office. And God, true to his word, confirms everything I do with signs and wonders, validating my apostleship. At any given time. Why? Because I've embraced my priesthood and I'm faithful in my priesthood. Be faithful in your priesthood. Some priesthood is prominent. Some other priesthood will not be prominent. Don't say because God has called you to a priesthood that is not prominent, you won't be faithful. Be faithful in whatever he has called you to do. 1 Samuel 22, I need to wrap this up. 1 Samuel 22, verse 14. So Ahimelech answered the king and said, And who among all your servants is as faithful as David, who is the king's son-in-law, who goes out at your bidding and is honorable in your house? Be faithful to kingdom to the kingdom, to kingdom, to kingdom. Be faithful in the kingdom assignment. Be faithful in the kingdom work. 1 Samuel 22, verse 14. 1 Samuel 22, verse 14. Be faithful in kingdom service. In kingdom service. Whatever your hands find to do, just do it faithfully unto God. He said, who is as faithful as David in your house? Who just carries out your bidding? He goes out as your bidding. He's honorable in your house. Be faithful in kingdom service. 2 Kings 22. 2 Kings 22, verse 7. He says, however, there be no need. He says, however, there need be no accounting made with them of the money delivered into their hands because, of, because they deal faithfully. This was when Josiah, Josiah instructed the, the, the priest, the priest Elkanah, and told him to go into the temple and count all the money and give the money to the workers of the temple to what to do repairs of the damages in the kingdom. And the Bible says when they, they, when they delivered that money, they said there was no need for them to count because these people undoed the money faithfully. God wants us to be faithful in his resources. Thank you for listening to this sermon on the referral series. This sermon is available on YouTube and all podcast platforms. For more information and other resources, visit www.emissiowolabi.com.